Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, the Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantelRayWay.com slash podcast and you'll automatically get 20% off the book, audiobook, recipe book, coaching, and Inner Circle Facebook group. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent podcast. I'm so excited. We have an amazing guest with us. It's Dr. Mark Scott, and we have his website up on the big screen right here. And he has been in practice since 1996. Yeah, Is that right? That's correct. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about you and your practice and what you do. So, yeah, what I do is called functional medicine. Uh-huh. And with functional medicine, you know, we really look at the unique person, not just a diagnosis. And this is a very distinct thing between you know, modern medicine and what I'm doing is that when you go to your doctor, their main objective is to give what you have a name. Yeah. So I have these symptoms. I have and drugs. Symptom. Just let's just put exactly. a drug to the problem. You know, let's it's, yeah, fix well, it with just dose drug. drug yeah. But but really, just the fact they're just looking for a diagnosis, uh-huh. and that's their job. Like, oh, you have hypothyroidism. You know, pat me on the back. Well, how did I get that? Right. Well, no one really they're knows. dealing with. They're just band-aiding the problem instead of really fixing the problem from the root. So today, we have all your questions. I have saved up your thyroid questions, and believe it or not, this is just the tip. Like, this is not all of them, because I knew we wouldn't get to them, but we just get inundated with thyroid questions, thyroid questions, and you know, as, as everyone else knows, I have struggled with my thyroid. I used to be on 125 milligrams of Synthroid, wow. um, and I weaned myself through completely off. I just really last week, I was feeling so tired. I haven't been eating as clean as I need to. Yeah. I went ahead and started taking 15 milligrams of Armor Thyroid yep. just to give me a little perk until I dial my eating back in a little bit. I've gotten a little bit off track, and I need as soon as I start doing more fasting, my thyroid will get right back on track. It's so cool you say that too, because yeah. I see this in my practice all the time. I mean, people think like when you go to your doctor, they say, "Well, that's it. You have a thyroid problem, and you're mm-hmm. be on this medication for the rest of your life." Mm-hmm. But really, when you do the right things, you get your mm-hmm. diet dialed in, you figure out what it is your body's reacting to. Next thing you know, I've had so many people get off their medication. Yeah. But is it really a cure or is it just remission? Yes. Right? So like you said, you get off track, next thing you know, you know, you start getting those thyroid symptoms yeah. again. So let's jump in. Yeah. It says, here's our first question. This is from Beth in Virginia Beach. It says, it seems like gluten-free is a big buzzword right now. A lot of my friends eat gluten-free. And the other day, my girlfriend told me I should consider eating this way because of my thyroid issues. Can you explain how gluten affects your thyroid? So what do you so, think? Here's the thing. Um, gluten is something that causes your immune system to, well, I'll say this first of all, everybody's different. So not everybody has a gluten problem. Right. So when people say gluten affects a thyroid, it only does for some people. Right. So that's the first thing. But but what if you do have a gluten sensitivity, then every time you eat this, it's causing your immune system to be overworked 
And then that can start to wreak havoc and cause autoimmune uh, thyroid conditions like Hashimoto's. And um, so yeah, it can be a big factor for a lot of people. So it's, it's worth giving it a try. And a lot of people have a sensitivity to gluten. So they may have more subtle effects that they don't realize are causing their problem. Yeah. And for me, I will say this, it's not just gluten. Exactly. It's all grains for me. Exactly. So I have to, I don't cut it out completely, but yeah. I limit my grains. And that's why, like I said, for me, in order for me yeah. to completely be off thyroid medicine, I have to be anywhere between 80 to 90% of my diet oh, has yeah. to be grain free and paleo in order for me to stay off. Now, what happens for me is, so like, let's say I do, uh, if I try to do 100% paleo, which yeah. for me, it's just, I can't do it. Right. I wish I could do it. I know I'd feel like a million bucks if I did it. Yeah. It's very difficult for me to stay 100% paleo. And I don't recommend being 100% paleo to anyone or 90% unless you have these type of autoimmune or Hashimoto's or whatever, I 100% have Hashimoto's and I know for me, I feel so much better. The less grains I have, I can just tell my energy's up, my thyroid's functioning and so forth. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, hit some key points. Number one, it has to be grain free. Mm -hmm. So this is a big mistake. A lot of people say they go gluten free and they eat a lot of gluten-free products. And a lot of those gluten-free products have rice and corn. Rice is very low. It still has a certain, we have proteins called gliadins, and these are what make up glutens. So almost all grains, including rice, has this. So when you're eating gluten-free products, you're getting these other grains. So really being grain-free is what I tell my patients. Grain-free, yeah. including rice. Now, if you're gonna cheat, rice, rice is probably is, a better yeah. place to cheat. But for gluten, like heavy gluten, like wheat, barley, and rye, that will mess you up. You'd be a hundred percent. If you've got Hashimoto's yeah. and you're gluten sensitive, yeah. then you've got to be off that hundred yeah. percent. Now, if you're going to cheat, maybe a little bit of corn, maybe a little yes. rice. But for some of my patients, even the, the rice won't do it. Yes. And then as far as hundred percent paleo, so there's a difference between being paleo and, and looking at autoimmune diet. Mm -hmm. So there's certain foods that affect our immune system. So you could be paleo, but still be eating like say nightshades. Right. Which like tomatoes, peppers, white potatoes, eggplants. And if that's a stimulant to you, then you're being paleo and you're not and you're not getting the results you want. Yes. And it depends on the person too. So genetically and then even just your activity level. So if you're like a marathon runner, you probably need a little more carbs in your diet. Right. And so but you don't have to eat grains to get those carbs, but you can be a little not quite as strict on the low carb diet and still and do much better actually. yes so. exactly all right let's read the next question it's from sarah in arizona it says my online research leads me to believe that i have thyroid issues but i haven't been to the doctor yet can you do an overview of the symptoms i should be keeping an eye on and is there a way i can verify without going to the doctor it's like no one wants to go to the doctor right. anymore <laughs> I know. it's like how do i do this hey, well, online Google's amazing right i mean google you can, yes. you can i mean if you're really, you can get a lot of information mm -hmm. just by Googling it and doing your own research and figuring these things out. So I found this online just to see what it was like and it's called Everly Well Thyroid Test. I haven't used it, right, literally right. it's still in the box. I don't even know what it's about yet, but I just found it. And um, it says physician approved lab test, fast and easy to read results, all from the comfort of your home. And so I was like, mm, let me just see what this is about. I'm actually opening it right now. But basically you, you purchase the kit, 
you collect your sample and then you send it in and then you receive online results. What type of sample is it? So it looks like saliva or blood. Is this a is this blood right here? We'll have to if look into it. It's got a pinprick it. in it. Must be. Is it that small? So if it's blood, it, you know, it could be pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and that's one of the things I tell people is that, you know, there's all kinds of, um, uh, you know, things out there like like the like checking your temperature. You know. Yes. And that could be, you know, that's a little bit tedious, and it can be a good, good indicator, but it's not 100%. There's other things that can cause your temperature to vary, and there's a lot of symptoms that a lot of times, you know, people come to my office because. They have all the thyroid symptoms, and they've read somewhere online that these are the thyroid symptoms. But it may be more; it may not just be their thyroid. So you can have dry skin, you can have dry hair, you can have swelling around the eyes, you can have fatigue, weight gain. All these things can be a thyroid condition, but it could also be something else too. Yeah. So it looks. And a lot like, of times it is. Yeah. So it looks like this container. What it has. Zoom in here, Aaron, so everyone can kind of see it. They've got an alcohol prep pad, a collection card. You have your own little lancet. Yeah. And then so they're taking your blood. They're putting it in. They have a biohazard bag, and yeah. then you return the envelope, and Perfect. then it shows you how it is. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to test it, and I'll let everyone know what cool. it is. So I just got my blood drawn on Friday, of last week mm -hmm. and um then we'll just have to see, see you know, what that how shows versus, versus your other the one, one yeah. the other one shows but like i said i did just start back yeah. to taking 15 milligrams of yeah. the armor thyroid not synthroid i would i i had such a horrible experience on that synthroid i would yeah. never ever recommend doing synthroid i personally think the natural thyroid I think this might be a question, but let me yeah. just ask you this while we're on it. Yeah, yeah. What is your opinion of the difference between the Armour Thyroid and the Synthroid? So the, the big story on that is that in the, the short answer is that everybody responds differently. differently. So I have some people that do great on mm -hmm. Synthroid, mm -hmm. some people do better on Armour, some people do better on Nature Thyroid. And what it really comes down to is the... Um, the stabilizers that they use in the products. Uh -huh. So everybody reacts different to the stabilizers. In a perfect world, if you can get bioidentical um, compounded thyroid, uh -huh. that should be the best um, because it's more closely related to mm -hmm. your natural thyroid. But but you and know, what, like the nature what, thyroid used to be great. Well, and this is this and they changed what, the formula. Yeah. So, so what, some people don't. What react. I've heard is yeah. and from. All my doctor friends, my dad, my yeah. dad is a doctor, and what he says, and I don't, I think it's really the drug industry trying to say this. I agree. Is because they're trying to get people to use Synthroid instead of Nature Thyroid and and the Armour totally. Thyroid. What they're saying is that the exact dosage in the natural methods, like mm -hmm. Armour and, right. are not specific enough and so you might be getting this much and you might be getting this much you don't know and with synthroid it's exact because it's because it's made in a factory i guess well when you're dealing with no when you're dealing with nature thyroid and like um so I'll, tell everyone why it why it's called a natural thyroid medicine. so so well there's a couple, couple different ways to look at it so when you like things like nature thyroid are compounded mm -hmm. which means they take so when you um any drug has to be, does not have, can't exist in nature in mm -hmm. order to patent it. 
So they take like a chemical exists in nature. So you got a couple of carbons and hydrogens. And you take one of those little hydrogens and move it to the left. And now it's different. Okay. And now you can patent it. Okay. So that's how all drugs work. And that's something that doesn't exist in nature. So when you take thyroid hormone, which exists in nature in your body, you duplicate it exactly chemically, then that's called a natural compounded thyroid. And but isn't it, isn't it from pigs? Like armor thyroid, isn't that thyroid compound made um, from pigs? Some are, and this is where you were talking about um, not knowing exactly how much is in it. So there's uh, glandulars, and a lot of times people with uh, different products, like natural products you can buy over the counter, um, have glandulars in them. Mm -hmm. So they have like pig glandular or uh, mm -hmm. cow or whatever, and then they've got that thyroid hormone in it, and you're getting that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like taking a supplement, but it's got a little bit of thyroid hormone. But again, it's not—you don't know exactly how much you're getting. Your dosage could be off a little bit. Hmm. So that, but but when you're dealing with um, any of those other products, and I'm not exact positive on under the different ones like Nature Throid, and, mm -hmm. and there's a couple others out there. I'm pretty sure that that those are pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Yeah. I. I, my goal, obviously, is to yeah. completely get off. 15 milligrams is so small. It's like the yeah. smallest dose that you possibly can get. Yeah. Um, but Lord willing, once I just clean up my yeah. diet a little bit better now, I am going to be right back on to weaning myself completely off again. But I tell my patients, you know, if your thyroid numbers aren't right, you're better off on thyroid medication. Yes. Because you get exhausted. Your thyroid has so much effect on our body. So you've got to Yeah, gotta so keep that it actually right. leads us into yeah. our next question. This is from Sarah in Arizona. And Sarah, thanks for letting us know where you're from. Always when you do your emails and you're putting your questions in, we want to know where, where you're from. It just it's kind of fun to know. That's cool. Um, but it says my online research leads me to believe that I have a thyroid issues. But I haven't been to the doctor yet. Can you do an overview of the symptoms that I should be keeping an eye on? And is there a way I can verify without going to the doctor? So name some of the, the symptoms that you've seen kind of going in. Well, those common things are just, you know, fatigue. Number one, um, hands yeah, down. Number one, fatigue. Number one is tired. Are no. you tired all the time, even if you've yeah. slept all the way through the exactly. night, right? In, you know, inability to lose weight, even on a low-calorie yes. diet. Yes. Um, you know, tend to catch colds and flus fairly easily. Wounds tend to heal slowly. Um, you know, itchy dry skin, dry brittle hair. Uh, yes. Hair tends to fall out fairly yes. easily. So at one point, my yeah. hair, this was years and years ago before I got it diagnosed, yeah. literally, my hair was falling out in chunks. I had to I get had my no hair, idea. I had to get my hair cut off to here. Yeah. And then I had to get extensions and extensions are <laughs> so expensive. I mean, it was such a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I think for me, one of the things is being cold all the time. Yeah. Like cold I, hands and feet. Just, I, I. We're just sensitive. First of all, intermittent fasting makes you cold anyway. But yeah. then if you also have thyroid issues, you're just going to constantly yeah. be cold and your temperature is going to be low. What about some hormonal issues like periods and stuff like that? Totally. Well, the thing about the thyroid is that every cell in your body has thyroid receptors. Mm -hmm. So it has an impact on just about everything. And that's mm -hmm. why it's so important. And it's a big part of my practice. Even people come in for other conditions. I'm always going to look at their thyroid. Yeah. A lot of times they have subclinical thyroid issues and don't even know it. So, so yeah. So all those things. Yeah. So sleep, I would say hormones, yeah, tired mood swings, yeah. pain in your yeah. muscles yeah. and joints, uh, anxiety, gain, depression. Yes, depression. Yeah. Uh, anything with your hormones as far as irregular periods, low sex drive, yep. drier 
uh, skin. What about the nails? Yeah, yeah. So, so talk so about like those lines and the on your ridges nails. on the nails. Yeah, the ridges or, on yeah. your nails. Yeah. I want to put a picture of fungus. that nail fungus. Mm, that's a good so one. So people that people that have um, tend to have nail fungus like on their toes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that's thyroid. And then it can be any of these or just one or two of them, but it could be yeah. like forget forgetfulness or just general brain fog. And exactly. I think a big one is constipation. I yep. tell everyone all the time I'm like the yep. worst pooper in Classic. town. Yep. But my biggest thing, and that's why I know when my thyroid's really acting up, because I'm just, you can't pay me to poop. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. just like, yeah. it just is not going to happen, right? Yeah, so chronic constipation. Yep. Um, so talk about, have you had anyone use a basal body temperature thermometer at all to check their thyroid? Uh, you know, I've studied that. I've learned mm-hmm. all about it, and I just don't use it in my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think it's a little bit tedious, and, mm-hmm. and I just like I like blood work. Blood work. I yeah. just like blood work. So it's simple and it's easy. Um, and, and I, I will tell you, I, I agree. I mean, yeah. the first thing, like, like this test. I mean, it's like, come on, just go get go get a full panel. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But the only reason I like this, my suggestion would be, go get a full panel. Come see yeah. you, and let me ask you this. Can you do this for someone who is in Arizona? Totally. Okay. Totally. So, so that's a big that, part of my practice. So how would that work for you? So you would just so, do a phone consultation? Yeah. So so everything that I do is is just through the internet, through mm-hmm. phone. I mean, nowadays with the internet, I mean, we can do like screen share. Uh, I can show blood work on the on the perfect. computer. So, so you yeah, really I don't think, have to. I think you know, something like this would be yeah. fine. But to be honest, like I think this kit was like one hundred and fifty nine dollars. So it's good. like use. You know. Well, it depends what they're going to give you. So are they going to give you just TSH? Are they going to give you T4, T3? Are they going to give you reverse T3? I'm going to do it just know, to see, see what, what it is. Yeah. yeah, but Antibodies, I right? So, yeah, I'm going to come know. see you and have you do a full panel yeah. and see how it yeah. goes and see everything that it does. What I like the temperature thing for me, because I think it's, it's really accurate. I think it's yeah. more accurate than people think. And so when I want to see like how I'm doing, like I, you can't go take a blood test every day, right? Right, right, So right. for me, it is, it's so accurate. Like I take my temperature, I get a, you can buy a basal thermometer on uh, Amazon, Amazon yeah. and um, yeah. just check your temperature in the morning. I mean, it, yeah. it's like, it's it takes simple, one minute. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it takes one minute. But you have to remember it. to do it. You, you gotta, have to yeah, do it at the right I time. I stick it right on the edge of my bed. It's a habit. Yeah, you it just, is. It's like, you gotta create a habit to do it. just wake up and you do it right away. But, I think it's good to yeah. see how am I doing. I think it's good to say, okay, yes, you know, potentially my thyroid's off because my my temperatures are low, and then you know if you raise your temperature, then that's a good sign that your thyroid's functioning better. Mm-hmm. But then you know, what do you do? Like, if you find out that you have low temperature and you you don't know how to get your temperature up, what do you do? Right. So that's where you, that's doctor, where you need to yeah. get the 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 solution under control. And that's where it takes sometimes other testing mm-hmm. and other knowledge to really figure out what your particular problems are. Cause I can have seven people come in with a specific diagnosis like Hashimoto's and they can have seven different reasons why they have it. So explain where, to us, what is the difference between someone just having hypothyroidism yeah. versus Hashimoto's? What is the difference? So here's what I would say is it, it, get, it comes back to like some concepts with just names and then understanding function. Mm-hmm. So, you know, medical medical world has named these things, right? Mm-hmm. So you named hypothyroid. That's just a way to describe the thyroid's not functioning. But there's over 24 different patterns of hypothyroidism. 
So when I look at someone, I don't really look at it that way. I look at it like, okay, you have low thyroid function. Now, why is that? Maybe you're not converting T4 to T3. So sometimes you can have imbalance in the gut bacteria. So 20% of your conversion takes place in those bacteria in the gut. So you have problems in your gut, even if you have no symptoms. That's my problem. Yeah. I have gut. And you're not converting. Yeah. But that's common, you know? Yes. And, and even if you don't have symptoms, but you're not converting. So that's 20% decreased function right there. Mm-hmm. The liver is probably and 80 to 90%. Here's, and and it's, right. that kind of makes sense of why. Listen, yeah. why is it that when I eat a paleo diet yeah. that all of a sudden my thyroid starts working well? Because... When you're eating paleo, your body can digest that yes. food. And so then it's like, okay, you're not having all these liver issues, mm-hmm. gut issues. So yep. now the thyroid can that's function totally, and totally. it can convert. Yeah. So that's, that's I mean, that, and that's just two of like 24 different patterns. But mm-hmm. even people have problems in their neurotransmitters where mm-hmm. their brain isn't really working properly. So, mm-hmm. you know, when your thyroid sends a signal up to your hypothalamus, which mm-hmm. is part of your brain, it's going to send another signal to your pituitary back down to the thyroid. And if that conversion, if it's not connecting, then the thyroid mm-hmm. keeps sending the signal. Mm-hmm. It, but it's not a thyroid problem. Mm-hmm. It's a neurotransmitter problem. Mm-hmm. So it's not a thyroid problem. It's a gut problem. It's not a thyroid problem, it's a liver problem. And that's the difference between a functional approach to care and conventional medicine just says, oh, you have Hashimoto's, take Synthroid. Mm-hmm. What about my immune system? Well, no one knows what to do with that. Right. But, you know. Well, this next question, I think we've kind of already an- answered. It's Erin in Lynchburg. She says, I've been taking Synthroid for almost a year now. Recently, I've read some terrible things online about it. If you Google, right. if you Google like, why Synthroid's bad for you, you'll get like right. a laundry list of stuff. But it says, should I try something more natural like Armour Thyroid? My answer for that would be a resounding yes, because I have had a terrible experience yeah. with Synthroid myself. And it just, like I told you before, I, I just kept taking Synthroid totally. and I would just gain weight, gain weight, gain right, weight, right. gain weight. It made me worse and worse and worse. So I am definitely an anti-synthroid person. I bet like if anyone is like a synthroid sales rep, they'll be like... Well, I would say that, you know, (laughs) I'm an anti-medication. Yes, and I am too. But I I also would say that, you know, from my experience, try different ones. Mm -hmm. I've had people that say the same thing about armor. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know what? I tried armor and it just, I felt horrible. I went back to synthroid and I feel great. Mm -hmm. So... If you have to take medication, just try them. Mm-hmm. There's lots of, there's a but couple the different ones out there. But the ultimate goal is we want to try to ultimately see how we can lower it or wean you off completely. And that's, and that's my real focus in my practice is that I want to try to get you off the medication completely. But also, you know, manage expectations. Say, look, sometimes... It takes a while. Or you've had damage to your thyroid. So if, you've, if your immune system has been attacking your thyroid for years, you may never get full function. Mm-hmm. But we get those other things tweaked like the gut and the liver and the neurotransmitters, and now you're getting more benefit from your thyroid. So a lot of people have something called thyroid resistance. Mm -hmm. And this is where, just like insulin resistance, your cells become desensitized. So even though you've got your TSH at a normal level, you still have all the symptoms. Then you have to figure out how to restore proper sensitivity to your receptors. So once you do all that, then you may need less Synthroid or whatever it's you're taking. Well, you and this, I some. think this next question really answers it. I mean, is going to yeah. address that because Angela in Pennsylvania says, what is the difference between T3, T4, and TSH? I've been trying to do some reading online about the thyroid and I'm not understanding the difference between T3, T4 versus TSH. Right, and it does right. get complicated. It's like, oh my gosh. 
Can you explain these in an easy fashion where I can understand? Yeah. So we do try it's to make easy. it as simple as Real possible. Simple. Really take the doctor piece out, yep, explain yep. it as easy as you can. So real simple, TSH is just your thyroid telling your brain that you need to make hormone. Okay. And then there's a, a feedback between the brain and the, and the thyroid. That's just okay. a, it's a signal, it's a messenger it's, that doesn't do anything. Okay, so it's TSH, just the messenger. It's just a messenger. Then your thyroid makes T4. Okay. I'll try to keep it. Keep, so I'm going to explain T4, but I don't need to. Okay. So T4 is just what your thyroid makes, and then your body has to convert that to something that, so the body can't use T4. Okay. So you make it, you have lots of T4, does you no good. Okay. Your body has to convert that to something called T3. Okay. And that's what the body can use. So that's the difference. So you so, could be making all this T4, yeah. but if your body doesn't convert, convert it, it to T3, and that is... That's Synthroid. So that's, Synthroid yes, is T4. Yes. So right. that's the perfect thing. Yeah. So I believe yeah. that So like that's, Cytomel is T3. Okay. So a lot of times people will say, well, I, I, I take a combination of uh, Synthroid and Cytomel because that's giving you the T3. And, and I don't know why they don't just say give people T3. But a lot of people are taking D4 and they're not converting. So that's a perfect example. So that must have yes. been what was happening to me, right? Because right. I would kept taking the Synthroid and I would take Synthroid and I'd go to the doctor and they'd say, no, your thyroid's terrible. Right. I go back, I'd take thyroid. They're like, nope, it's still, still not, not functioning. Working. Now we have to, so they kept increasing it yeah, and increasing yeah. it oh. and increasing it. So that means that I, you're giving me this T4, but now, your body can't use T4. Mm -mm. T4 has to convert to T3 in yeah. order for your body to use it. And it's even hard to find a doctor to even check that. Mm -hmm. So like I said, a lot of times you look and you just get TSH, mm -hmm. maybe T4, but they might not even check T3. Right. And so I hope that Angela answers your question. I think that makes it clear to me. So yeah. with, with Synthroid, Synthroid is just T4, correct? Yep. But the more T4 you have, your body's supposed to turn that T4 into T3. But exactly. If it's not, if then it's you suggest. Normally. Then so then if it's not, what about Armour Thyroid? What is that? I think it's just T4 as well. It is. Yeah. So, th is there a drug? So you're saying there's another Cytomel drug. Cytomel. Is T3. That yeah. it just goes straight to T3. It, it just is. It just it just synthesized T3 mm -hmm. as opposed to giving T4, you're giving the, the converse, already mm -hmm. converted form called T3. So why would, if if Synthroid is T4, yep. and if Armour is T4, why would someone's body respond to the synth, uh, the Armour Thyroid, but not as well to the Synthroid? What would be Again, the it's reason back to, by it's it? It's back to the formulation mm -hmm. and how the body is responding to the formulation. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's okay, just perfect. all it comes down to. Hey guys, I'm so excited that my new book, Waste Away, The Chantel Rayway, is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and pretty much anywhere you can find books. But we also have the audio book, the ebook, and my new recipe book that you can download all the recipes that I love that I make, and it's super cheap. It's all my favorites. Anyway, if you have a minute to write a review on Amazon, I would be ever grateful. All right, this person um, did not even put a name 
or where they're well, yeah, from. No, I read that one. Yeah, that, that, I know why. So they don't want to know. They, they don't know, want to know. They want to know but, about their poop. Yeah, once, once we read the question, you'll know why they didn't put their name right. or where they're from. It says, I'm having trouble pooping since I've been doing intermittent fasting. I've always been a terrible pooper and my thyroid is acting up. Do you think me not pooping has anything to do with my thyroid? Anonymous. You know, it can. I mean, again, it can't say 100% because we don't know enough information, mm-hmm. but but thyroid and constipation go hand in hand. Yes. It's a um, classic so, sign of hypothyroidism. Yeah. But intermittent fasting too. So, you know, if you're changing your dietary patterns, that can, that can cause constipation. A lot of times people drink coffee every morning. So that stimulates the bowels and then they stop drinking coffee, they start fasting, then they get constipated or they're eating, you know, whole wheat bagels every morning and then they go fast and they're not eating that because mm-hmm. that's an irritant that stimulates the bowels. So mm-hmm. there could be other answers to that question. Yeah. And I would say, I would say just straight up fiber is really a great yeah. answer for this when, you, when yeah. you're in your eating window and without enough thyroid hormone, your, your body's all your body functions slow, slow down. down. Yeah. So that in is including yeah. your digestive tract, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're trying to speed everything up and um, it's also liver and bile function. Mm-hmm. So that's classic is that your bile is is part of what helps transport a lot of so these things to your body. So let's talk about that. Expand yeah. on that for just a second. Explain to everyone what yeah. what is bile. So bile is when you eat fat your body produces bile to break down fats. Okay. So a low fat diet can Mm -hmm. cause congestion, but the biggest factor is poor stomach acid. So in our, Mm. in our, in our world, you know, it's, we have a rampant case of low fat, I mean, low, um, hydrochloric acid. So let's talk about this. And this is low digestive juices. Oh my gosh. So let's talk about this for a second because this is, this is a problem. I this is what I think my problem is. Okay, but that stimulates so that that hydrochloric acid mm-hmm. stimulates gallbladder. So if you have heartburn, reflux, mm-hmm. and you're taking antacids or God forbid Prilosec, which shuts down all the proton pump, uh. so there's no acid being formed at all, mm-hmm. then you get bile congestion, and then you end up having your gallbladder removed, and that's another nightmare I have to deal with. So. When I was younger, when I was in my early 20s, yeah. I was bulimic for like about yeah. a year and a half to two years. Cause I was like, okay, I really want to eat. How am I going to work this out? I really <laughs> I like being it skinny. <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of throw up a yeah, little bit, yeah, right? Yeah. So that I did for about two years. So that's yeah. terrible for your gut lining, yeah. right? And for yeah. your low acid. Yeah. But that was 20 years ago. But when I, I had my son, mm-hmm. I was the sickest pregnant woman in the world, okay? I threw up six to eight times every day from the day that I got pregnant until the day I gave birth. So literally while I was pushing, I was like, blah, and then push and blah. I mean, I was terrible. People would literally, we'd be on the side of, me and my husband would be on the side of 264 while I was throwing up. People would be texting, is that you on the side of 264 throwing up? And I'm like, yes. I mean, that's how sick I was and it never stopped. It wasn't like the first three months. So with that, I mean, think about that's 10 months of just throwing up eight times a day, every day. Um, so anyway, with that being said, that's why I don't have good stomach acid because those two episodes, I believe. So don't you think that could have thyroid? So it's kind of like chicken or the egg, Uh right? So low thyroid 
can mm-hmm. cause low stomach acid. Okay. Gluten. Gluten intolerance. If you're oversensitive to gluten, that can cause low stomach acid. Mm-hmm. And then just our general diet. Diet of just eating constantly and the and even and I don't get too much into food combining in my practice. For the most part just there's so many simple things you can mm-hmm. do, but but even just combining different foods. Yes. So like if you're eating like heavy starches with heavy proteins, mm-hmm. those take That's a recipe di- it for takes disaster, different yeah. enzymes to break those down. It really stresses your system out. Plus, we just eat, Too then much. we snack, then we eat, then we snack, <laughs> then we eat, we snack, and our di- and then our digestive system gets overwhelmed. And that's why intermittent yeah. fasting so has great. healed my thyroid totally. because it heals your digestion, heals your which digestion. heals your stomach acid, which then allows your gallbladder to function, which then you know it just that, yes. that's functional medicine. So everything is interconnected. Yes. It's not just your thyroid. No, it's not, and I love that. It's not just your thyroid. So for her. Um, you know, I would say the two things that really help me get things moving if yeah. things are kind of backed up. Yeah, yeah. One would be just straight fiber. And yeah. two would be like sometimes I'll have coffee with coconut oil. Yeah, yeah. That might help things move along. I don't love coffee because coffee doesn't, I mean, for me personally, yeah. um, I try to limit my coffee because of the, A, the too much caffeine and two, yeah. um, it's just not great for my gut biome. So I try yeah. to avoid it. I don't have too much of it. I have a little bit and it definitely helps things get Everybody's going. a little different. Yeah. And you know, I usually take people off caffeine for a mm-hmm. little trial, mm-hmm. but some people can reintroduce it back. But if you have any issues with sleeping mm-hmm. or anxiety or any of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you gotta stay off caffeine. Caffeine. Yeah. Yep. But it does stimulate the bowel and that's where a lot of people rely on it for that that purpose. Plus the, the MCT oil or the coconut oil is gonna simulate the gallbladder mm-hmm. should if it's so working. So talk about so. that one more time. So you said you were talking about the... Um, so part of your liver function yeah, is about- converting T4 to T3. That's the okay. primary place that we convert that T4 to T3. So when people have liver dysfunction... Oh, and, well, let's save yeah. that for just a second because okay. that is the next question. So Tracy in Chesapeake says, yep. I got some blood work done on my liver and my doctor said that my liver is not in good shape. Do you think this has anything to do with my thyroid? And this is yes. what I'm saying. Like yes. we're getting all these questions totally. and it's like, yeah. well, this isn't good. Does anything it has to do yeah. with my thyroid? So what yeah. would, how would you answer that? So hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. And that's one of these, again, functional approaches to thyroid that, you know, I would say, look, we're going to, we may be treating stuff that doesn't seem like it's related to your thyroid, uh-huh. you know? So we're going to be working with your digestion. Why? Because we got to get your gut floor so we can convert T4 to the 20% conversion. But you also have to get your liver functioning. And that's, that's where, like you said, it could be. So would you agree with this, that 80% of your thyroid functions actually occurs through your liver? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, And so T4 is one of those thyroid hormones that we talked about earlier is actually inactive until the liver activates it to become T3. That's it. So that could be if your liver... So do you, when you're, when you're doing your blood work panel, yes. are you checking the liver yes. function? What are, yes. So what is that test, that blood work well, test? Well, um, SGOT, SGPT, and GGT mm-hmm. are the common terms now. They change them from other ones. Uh-huh. But, but anyway, but those, those, those are the key things you're looking at. Okay. Um, and just looking to see how those, but, but so when you, when you, when we call, if we call you and say, okay, yeah. Dr. Scott, we want you to do a, a panel. Um, what is, how many different tests are you running? So it depends on our consultation, what I mm-hmm. find, but there's a general basic 
thing that I'll run that gives me a little bit of everything. So we're gonna look at your immune system. We're gonna mm -hmm. look at you know, your lipid panels. We're gonna look at your digestive markers. We're gonna look at a little more complete thyroid panel. Not a, but I can still a full, but I'll look at uh, TSH, can, can, T4, can you do a full T3 one? uptake. Oh yeah, uh -huh. yeah. But, but again, like what I tell a lot of patients is that um, when I treat people, I treat thyroid every day. Mm -hmm. I rarely have to really treat the thyroid. And that's where people get a little wigged out. They're like, I'm here for my thyroid. I'm like, look, I, I know, but that's down the road. First, we've got to, you know, let's see what our what the foundations are. Mm -hmm. And then once we get the foundations fixed, mm -hmm. half the time I don't even have to do that. So, you well, know, what I'd like to do stuff. is have you back on the show. I'd yeah. like to come and cool. get a full panel. And then yeah. let's just read it for everyone and kind of diagnose it and go, here's, here's, what, here's we what we've got. Yeah. And here's what we find. Because I think that'd be pretty interesting. It really is. And yeah, so cool. if someone wants to get a hold of you and wants to get this, they could go right here to thyroidvirginiabeach.com. Yeah. All right, perfect. All right, next question. Ashlyn in North Carolina, it says, I've noticed that my nails are super brittle and they have these little lines on them. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started doing some research online and it seems like it could be thyroid related. I read the thyroid issues can also make your skin and hair dry, which mine are. Am I overanalyzing this too much? Do I need some lotion and a manicure? <laughs> LOL. Isn't that funny? Oh yeah. my gosh, I really like this girl already. Or do you think this is truly thyroid related? I love that question, yeah. Ashlyn. Ashlyn in North Carolina. Yeah, those, that's great. And the key point with that is, is that, you know, you have to listen to your body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we've all been kind of conditioned just like you said, oh, I just need a little lotion or I need a kind of cream or I need to mm -hmm. just get a manicure. <laughs> but, you know, this is your body saying, hey, something's not right. Something's like, why is this right. going on, you know? Well, yeah, and, and normally, you know, it's funny because they yeah. say like sometimes, you know, how you could have a, a problem and then you could Google it on, on right. and then you think, you you've, you think you're about to die, yeah. right? <laughs> but... But I mean, I would say a hundred percent, you got to go to the doctor ASAP. Yeah. You've got to call Dr. Scott and get that panel tested. Yeah. And that's, and I'm glad you said that because. So this, what do you do? You just send them to like LabCorp or something yeah, like that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So again, there's just, there's just a basic panel that for me it's basic, but it's mm -hmm. really comprehensive. It's like four or five different vials. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's my basic foundational mm -hmm. blood work that I build from there. And mm -hmm. then from there, then I may, may order other tests or some different labs mm -hmm. based on what we find. But. But the key point is that, you know, you can go to your doctor and they're not going to be able to address any of the stuff we're talking about. Right. And that's, you know, that's what's and they, frustrating. And, so, and they might just do T3 and not look at your T4 and they well, might But just... they're not going to understand any of this stuff we're talking about. Yeah. So again, that's where people are so frustrated and that's where, you know, people come to my office and they're just so frustrated with the conventional care. They're looking for something different and that's, you know, that's part of it's nice to do these podcasts and let people right. know that. Because, you know, people will say, well, I just need to change my medication. It's like, no, there's so much more to it than that. Yes. They don't even know there's other options because, you know, all the stuff out there is saying, you go to your doctor and they say, well, that's it. This is the solution. Right. There's no other answers. All right. Tara in Charleston says, how do I know when I started in a fat burning state? So I, she, it was kind of brief and to the point. I think yeah. what she's saying is like. We've talked about like getting into that fat burning state. And one of we we get this question like probably every week. Yeah. I love it. It's a great question. But if someone asked you that, what would you say? So first of all, it's cool that people are catching on to this because mm -hmm. you have three different types of metabolism. Mm -hmm. You've got carb burning, 
fat burning, and then like an intermediary. Mm -hmm. So most people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. So 90% of us, or probably 99% of us, have been in a carbohydrate burning metabolism since birth mm -hmm. and never gotten out of it. Right. So just and we call uh, it, and we call it sugar burning, which is sugar the same burning. Thing. Yeah, sugar yeah. burning, sugar carb burning, carb burning, burning it's whatever. the exact same thing. Yeah. So, but but to even understand that, yes, there is a, a different metabolism that mm -hmm. relies on fats mm -hmm. is cool that she's even asking the question. And the simple way, there's lots of different ways you can try to measure ketones and stuff like that. But you don't really have to be in ketosis to be into fat burning. I would say the biggest marker, simple marker, is when you stop craving carbs. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling like you have to eat and you're craving, like you say you eat a big meal mm -hmm. and it's like big filling meal, but then you're still, like you didn't have any carbohydrates, you had, you know, big piece of meat and some mm -hmm. vegetables and salad, but you still feel like you're hungry, mm -hmm. you're in that carb burning mode. Burning so your body yeah. needs carbs. carbs. Once you start getting into fat burning, then that eases up. Yeah. You don't feel the need to eat after you just ate. You don't feel the need to snack. You go longer and you just feel better, more longer lasting energy. That's, yeah, that's and, a general And it's key. funny because I think what the people are trying, when they keep asking this question, trying yeah. to get me to answer it in a different way, yeah. but there is no scientific way to say like, okay, three hours after you eat or 10 <laughs> hours after you eat or 15 hours after you eat, that's when you start going into fat burning mode because it all depends on what did you eat for your last meal and how big was that last meal? But it really I would depends say, on a lot more than that because yeah. you can you can cut all carbohydrates out of your diet uh -huh. and go quote ketogenic uh -huh. and not get into fat burning mode. Mm -hmm. so how would of, that? Because so you're eating. It can take a week or two. Uh -huh. So it's not just after each meal. Now once you get good at it, mm -hmm. you know, like look, once your body is like really well trained, mm -hmm. and a lot of athletes can mm -hmm. do this very quickly, where they can flip from carb burning to fat burning fairly quickly or mm -hmm. even in the intermediate zone. Mm -hmm. But the average person that I see, it can take up to two weeks. Mm -hmm. So they're so when they first cut the carbs out of their diet, mm -hmm. they are struggling. Mm -hmm. They have low energy, they well, can't stand let's it. talk about let's talk about um, let's say someone is just eating regular carbs, right? Yeah. But they're they're eating carbs but then they decide to go on a fast where they're yeah. fasting for yeah. 48 hours, okay? Yeah. Wouldn't you say that after about, I don't know, 20, depending on what they ate at their last meal, right? That after 24 to 48 hours, once they've burned through all their glucose storage, yeah. that at that point, they burn through all their glucose. They have no more glucose storage left. Now their body is forced to go into a fat burning mode yeah, because yeah. there's no more glucose storage there. That's empty. So that's when it is. So so my question my thing to her would be that once you're if you're fasting and your stomach starts growling, not a growling where you know, you know, you your stomach could growl after you finished eating dinner, right? Because yeah. it's just the juices and the gases. But I'm talking about once you're like for me when I go Okay, I'm I fasted. My stomach is growling. Then I can almost I know it sounds weird, but I can tell my own body yeah. that once my stomach growls and then several hours after my stomach growls that's because I fasted, that's yeah. when I can I almost can feel yeah. it. I know it sounds weird, but I can almost feel like mm, my body is start I like I kind of get happy, you know? Yeah. And it was so funny cuz there's this girl who um her name is 
she she was Miss Virginia. Yeah. She's very thin. And, you know, I one of the things I did is I interviewed all these women when I wrote my book, Waste Away, The Chantal Rayway. I interviewed thousands of women and yep. they were all thin and had been thin their whole life. And and I would ask them these questions. And yeah. that, that's when it like literally light bulb clicked. So, on. yeah, that's the key distinction was fasting versus. So if you're eating, yes. you know, you're eating like paleo. Yes. Your body, so, and some people are better, bodies are better at this. You can actually take your proteins. It's called gluconeogenesis, mm-hmm. and you can actually make glucose out of those proteins, mm-hmm. and that keeps you in that sugar burning metabolism. Mm. So to really kick in, but if you're fasting, so say, yes, when, so you're, when you're fasting, fasting though, then, there's, then you run through all your glycogen stores. There's nothing left, and that's and the quickest that's way to kick point. in. Yes. And that's my point. And that's why we have this podcast. And yes. that's my whole that's point. Is yeah. that that's why intermittent fasting so is awesome. so awesome because yeah. I don't have to worry about yeah. the you know counting every carb and da 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 because once I fast I already that know kick you into fat you, burning much quicker. You are going to go into fat burning because yeah. you've already burned through all your glycogen stores. But like you said, yeah. you could do the ketogenic and just keep eating all this stuff and not go into fat burning because you it still has a little bit of that gly- that's glycogen that's it. that's and it. it's still using that. So yeah. oh yeah. my gosh, that yeah. is such a good point yeah. we need to make that yeah, like yeah. Uh, so good but yeah so you're good. right so that's you know fasting is just so powerful in so many levels so many levels yeah. okay Whoa, this is a long question from <laughs> jasmine in miami and it's j-a-z-z-m-i-n here we go <laughs> hey guys i'm so thankful to have your show during my morning commute maybe it's a synchronicity but most of the questions I have about IF almost always seems to be answered on your podcast. That's so cool. I've been doing IF for about three weeks now, and it's definitely working for me. I found that I have more energy, and I'm so much less crabby and cranky throughout the day. I know you've mentioned PCOS in previous podcasts, and the advice was super helpful. I've recently started feeling some changes in the way my body feels that I relate to my cycle. Tender bosom, I love using that word whenever I get a chance, LOL. Slight cramping and other PMS-like symptoms, mood and cravings. I had I had my cycle just before starting IF, so experiencing these symptoms this soon is a bit out of character for my body. I have extremely irregular periods, and I'm curious to know what about IF, contrib- IF, by the way, is intermittent fasting, contributes to managing PCOS, if anything at all. I was also curious to know if you've ever heard about taking metformin for PCOS. I'm not diabetic, nor do I have any other ailments outside of PCOS. My midwife, nurse practitioner, uh, recommends this. I'm a little unsure if I want to go this route, as I'm usually hesitant to take medication. Do you think this could interfere with my IF journey? Do you think it would be and be an assistant to the benefits of IF. Any advice or opinions you have would be awesome. So yeah, this is one of my fun things, you know, metformin. So again, it's it just it just goes back to you know our conventional doctors and their education, and, mm-hmm. and they're being taught by by the pharmaceutical companies. So mm-hmm. metformin is a diabetic medication, and high blood sugar is a foundation. You know, so when someone comes to my office, that's the number thing we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got insulin issues and things like that. Even mm-hmm. if they're not, quote, diabetic or even mm-hmm. pre-diabetic, they've probably got these insulin issues. So when your blood sugar is off, this can cause massive imbalances in your hormones. I mean, it affects so many different levels. So that's why the studies show 
that metformin can help with these things. Yes. Because it's just a way to try to manage your blood, blood sugar. sugar. But it makes you dependent on a drug versus just doing what we're talking about, right, which is yes. you know intermittent fasting, watching your carbs, and learning how to optimize your insulin sensitivity um, versus taking a drug. So that's so that's my answer to that is that you know metformin. The reason your doctor's telling that is because your doctor's not being educated about function and natural treatments and what we're talking about on the podcast. They're being taught that the studies show that metformin helped with that. So I understand where they're coming from, but they don't. They might not understand why. And yeah. it's really about getting your blood sugar managed. And I think the, the thing is, is that Dr. Scott and I are both yeah. like. If there's any way to not take medicine, yeah. that's the route we're going to go. Like, we just yeah. don't want to be having taking medicine every single day. And um, well, I first want to address, let's, yeah. let's address her regulated periods and all yeah. of that. So when I first started doing IF, my periods were a mess as well. Yes. Because it really regulates it. Now... I am like clockwork, yes. 28 days and boom, there it is. Like yep. I'm like my husband's like, oh, 28 days, here we go. <laughs> you know, yep. like he yep. knows. So, but in the beginning, while your body's adjusting, yep. you've, you are going to go on a little bit of a roller coaster ride. And I feel like since I've been doing IF, my, my periods and everything and my, P, I had PCOS and everything has really just totally completely healed. It's just, so, made it, it's just getting your blood sugar back. Yes. So in other words, you know, when you fast, it just improves your insulin sensitivity. Um, so there's even studies showing that, that type one diabetics, which are people that have an immune system attacking their pancreas and the pancreas cells become damaged and they can't make insulin. Fasting can actually rebuild those cells. Yes. So you can even and get, I know yeah. I know a ton of people who've been after they read my book, they were either borderline yeah. type two diabetic, which I was borderline type two yeah. diabetic, yeah. and I healed myself. My blood sugar has so never good. been better ever in its life. Yeah. And people who were actually type two diabetic that have emailed in yeah. great news yeah. through intermittent fasting. I've literally I'm not type two diabetic anymore. That's They're it. not taking medicine. So talk a little bit about estrogen and fat stores a little bit. So again, this goes back to the liver, mm -hmm. right? So when you don't make bile, it's hard to excrete these hormones. And that's one of the main pathways of excreting uh, bile. Not only that, your liver has um, phase one and phase two detoxification. So your liver is a big detoxifier. And this is where you clear your hormones. So a lot of women have excess estrogen and just enhancing that liver detoxification pathway can do so wonders. So what are the things that they can do to detoxify the liver? Um, there's certain nutrients that I use, um, certain products and stuff that really supply the nutrients to help ramp that up. But just all the things we're talking about as far as, you know, cleaning up your diet, diet, getting, yes. you know, getting the, the grains out of your diet. I mean, I mean just standard American diet, all the, the fast food and the um, packaged foods and convenience foods and all those different things have lots of different things that, that clog up, that clog up our system. Yes. And then the sugar. So the blood sugar and the carbohydrates just really, that's where you get fatty liver. Even if you're not drinking alcohol, you can still get stress on the liver. So when I see people with high blood sugar and high hemoglobin A1C, a lot of times they'll have elevated liver enzymes and they're like, I don't drink. Right. Because everybody thinks it's alcohol is the only thing. Yes. But 
Yeah, that can do it. And let's see what mine are. We're going to test yeah. it. Okay. So Jean, she doesn't say where she's, she lives or what part of the country she's from. She says, I've noticed I'm staying up a lot later at night. Not sure if it's from intermittent fasting. Perhaps I have more energy or something, and sometimes it's hard to wind down. Right now, it's after 1 a.m., and a few nights I was up till after 3 and could not fall asleep until around 4 or 5. I already have to take 50 milligrams of lorazepam. I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm saying Yeah, lorazepam. Lorazepam. That's how I pronounce it, but most nights to stop me from thinking so I can sleep. It would be great if I could get off that also. I have only had to take it for the last several years, and I'm 61. Before that, I slept just fine. I don't drink much coffee, maybe half a cup twice a day, especially on the days I didn't get enough sleep. I also try to do one cup of decaf green tea and sometimes one of the sleepy time teas later in the evening. I can go several days with no coffee, so not sure why I wound up longer wound up late longer at night. Any guidance is appreciated. Thanks so much. Have a blessed weekend. Jean. So I would say that, you know, that's a sign of adrenal stress. Mm -hmm. um, and now she said she's intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. So sometimes if, when you start intermittent fasting, it could be a stress to your adrenals. So one of the ways your body tries to um, get energy mm -hmm. is through uh, stress hormones like cortisol mm -hmm. and epinephrine and norepinephrine to try to break down your muscle tissue and your fat tissue to create energy. Okay. So sometimes when people start fasting, if they don't, if, if they've already got stressed adrenals to begin with, now they may have other issues. They may have, you know, heavy metal toxicities, they may have, um, you know, food sensitivities, gut dysbiosis. They may have other things that are stressed in the adrenals and then they try to fast on top of it. So sometimes you have to kind of heal the adrenals and then start slow with the fasting. But that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot with fasting is a neg the negative aspect of it is that sometimes you can kick into those those hormones and then you're just your sleep patterns become off. Yeah. And I would say one of the things about intermittent fasting is that everything in your body when you're intermittent fasting, it's almost like double fold. Meaning, yeah. if you drink a, if you're just eating regular, like every, you know, two or three hours, like the typical American diet, yeah. and then you have caffeine, when you have that caffeine, it affects you one way, right? Yeah. But like, for example, for me, because I do intermittent fasting, or the days that I, let's say I decide to do a 24 hour fast, yeah. or something like that, or even a longer fast, if I drink caffeine on those days that I'm intermittent fasting, it's um, it's double. Yes. It's double or triple the effect yeah. because the food, I don't have the food to like absorb any of that. So that's part of the yeah. issue too is that even if she's only having, you know, a cup of coffee, one or two half cups a cup or, or half a cup saying, or whatever yeah. she's yeah. saying, the effect of that is double. That's yeah. number one. Number two, you know, I don't. I never have a problem sleeping. I am like, when I hit the sack, I am <laughs> yeah. like done. But I also work out five to six days a week. Yep. And so I don't know if she's working out, but like that will yeah. get you to get your body to kind of relax. I would suggest her doing even walking yeah. Um, yeah. to kind of get that, get her back on sleep. So I would say to really cut back on that caffeine, number one. I would, even the green tea. So yes. even, you know, even your, your teas, they have um, a different type of, caffeine cousin mm -hmm. but that can even stimulate so only the the caffeine free not mm -hmm. decaf 
So caffeine-free herbals are fine, no caffeine whatsoever, but also just look at um, maybe cutting your fasting down to like a shorter window instead of, you know, maybe jumping into it too fast. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there may be some other issues with the adrenals, but magnesium is another big magnesium. easy thing. Yeah, you just know, simple answers. There's something that I yeah. drink. Um, that helps me poop too. I haven't been. Yeah, magnesium's it. great for that yeah, as well. Yeah, it's called Calm. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. That yeah. Calm Very drink. Popular. It really is good yeah. for that. So yeah. there's a product. I'll put that on my Things I Love page. So we yeah. just have to remember to do that and yeah. take a picture of that and put that but on. But simple things be magnesium and then like uh, theanine, which is is also a chemical that's in green tea that you can get a supplement for. But what those about are just melatonin? Things. You know, I'm not a huge fan of melatonin. Mm -hmm. Only time I use melatonin is for like. Um, like uh, when you're coming back and forth from different time zones. Mm -hmm. So like if you're like in California for a week and you come back, uh -huh. take some melatonin an hour before you want to go to bed to reset your clock. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I'll recommend really low doses, like, uh -huh. like you know, half a milligram uh -huh. for a little while, but only just to kind of get your clock started mm -hmm. to get you falling asleep. But it's not going to keep you through the night. And I would definitely say I would try to wean yourself off of this stuff that you're taking just slowly, slowly, slowly. Whatever yeah. you're doing, I think the best way to do it is to just, if you're taking some kind of drug and you want to wean yourself off, the best yeah. way to do it is as slow as possible. Cutting that pill yeah. if you can in half or cutting it in three quarters and then a half and then one quarter and so But that's forth. also where, you know, there's a lot of things you can do on your own, but that's where maybe sometimes getting some help. Yeah. And that's where having a good functional doctor can say, okay, here's, you know, you've done, you're doing some of the right things and maybe the things you're doing are right, but you're missing just a couple pieces of the puzzle and maybe get someone to help you out. Well, we are going to hopefully have Dr. Scott yeah. back on our show and we want to have your questions. So if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayWay.com. Or if you want to get your blood work done, go to Thyroid Virginia Beach and Dr. Scott can do it no matter where you are in the country. He can have you go take your blood and analyze it. You know, we're in a... Um, internet world That's you can right. do it all via phone do it yeah. skype via you know zoom and or a good whatever. place to think is just start go to the website check it out and mm -hmm. then um you know just there's a place to sign for a free consultation yeah and then we can talk and just awesome. decide if we want to take it further yeah yeah well thank you so much for coming this was awesome this was awesome i enjoyed it and i know yeah. the listeners really enjoyed it i got so much out of it as yeah, usual cool. so thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time